Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. How many can feel God's presence in this place? I, uh, Kanar, will you stay out here for a second with us? Um, I just want us to agree in prayer with um, one of my uh, good friends and uh, a servant in this house. Um, Kennard, he's always in the house of God, always given his best, given from his heart. And um, he got uh, a negative report this week about something in his bicep, a mass in his bicep, and uh, we're just going to stretch our hands towards him and pray for him today, because I don't know if you believe the same thing that I believe that's in the Word of God that says, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Come on up here, Pastor P. You can agree with us. Come on now. Pastor P, you've, you've seen some miracles happen in your day. You've seen some miracles happen in your family. You've seen some miracles happen in your physical body. We serve a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that was raising the sick and raising the dead 2,000 years ago is still raising people up. I have heard too many testimonies to look back now. I've heard too many testimonies to stop believing that He is a good, good God. So we pray over you. We're just going to anoint your bicep that anything that's in here that's not supposed to be in here in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Father, for the healing power of Jesus Christ that goes beyond anything that we can ask or think. That precious price that was paid on the cross. God, not that we would have an average life, but that we would have life and have life more abundantly. And even when the enemy comes... John 10, 10, to steal, kill, and to destroy. You have come to give us life and give us life more abundantly. And the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is at work in your physical body right now, Canard. And you have all these people agreeing in the name of Jesus that you are healed right now. Amen. God bless you. We love you. How many believe that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think? I know He is. Let's pray as we get ready. Father, I thank You, Lord, that You would just touch our hearts today. Let us hear what You want us to hear. God, You know where we are in our faith journey. You know where we are in the process. And God, I thank you, Father, that you will give us the words of life that we need today. The things that we need to hear to be successful, to be victorious, to be the head and not the tail. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, it's Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday, and 2,000 years ago, there were thousands of people in Jerusalem lining the streets waving palm branches, throwing down garments and coats and cloaks, all because they believed that this man named Jesus would be the Messiah and could save the day. 
It was an epic scene. It was high holy week, the holiest week on the calendar in the Jewish schedule. And here he comes, Jesus, down the street, coming in style on a donkey. And people are praising and people are shouting and people are rejoicing and people are so excited about what God has done through the person of Jesus. And it had been the climax now of three years of traveling. Jesus traveling with the disciples and healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out spirits and preaching incredible kingdom truths. And it led to this point of climax And Hosanna in the highest, everybody's shouting in the streets. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine Jesus, the one they said, maybe this guy could be the king. Maybe he could be the one that could save Israel. Israel is the underdog nation. They're being trampled upon and oppressed by the Roman Empire. We've all studied the Roman Empire. We know how powerful and how devastating they were. Well, they had Israel under their thumb. And the people of Jerusalem are saying, I think maybe, just maybe, there's a glimmer of hope for us. And it's in this person named Jesus. He could be our king. He could lead us to salvation. He could save the day. The ultimate David and Goliath situation. So people are shouting. People are chanting. The, the, the streets are a buzz. It was epic. And that was 2,000 years ago. But how does that Palm Sunday expression relate to us today? We're going to talk about that. And I want to start right here in Matthew 21, 5. And this will kind of help you understand what it is that I feel God wants to say to us today. Matthew 25, uh, 21, 5 says, Tell the people of Jerusalem, and today we're going to stand in, we'll be the people of Jerusalem, the people that are looking for hope, right? Looking for what God is doing. Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He's humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, because they were looking all over the place to find hope, to find an answer from all the social and the political and the governmental and the economic pressures of the day. From the brutality of life, they were looking for something, looking for hope, looking for answers. And I love this scripture because it's a prophetic statement. It says... Look, your king is coming. Can somebody say that with me? Look, your king is coming. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Look, your king is coming. Look, your king is coming because, you know, we can find ourselves looking all over the place. We can look to the world. We can look to celebrities. We can look to entertainment. We can look to politics. We can look in all kinds of places for answers and for hope. And I believe just like 2,000 years ago where the people were looking for hope. What are we looking at? Are we looking at the king? Because there's issues to look at. There's problems to look at. Let's be honest. There's things in our world and our nation and our communities, even in our personal life. And we can look at those things 
Or we can look to the king. I believe if we're hearing what the Spirit is saying today correctly, we must first look at the king. Because the answers that we need, the answers that you need, the answers that I need are in Jesus. The hope that you need, the power that you need, the hope for tomorrow, the power for today can all be found in looking to Jesus. I want to look to the king. So I think about this Palm Sunday. It was a day full of worship. Man, the streets were a buzz. Thousands of people experiencing this excitement like we had earlier today, but even more. And, and, and they're expressing this sentiment saying, this is who Jesus is. This is who we believe he is. This is what we believe he could do. And they're experiencing the power and the peace and the joy and the hope that's found when you worship. You ever been in that place where you're just kind of at the end of yourself or you're overwhelmed and you're devastated and You begin to worship and it starts to feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Let me tell you, the people of Jerusalem, the people of Judea had been so devastated, humiliated, oppressed, crushed down. But when they saw Jesus, they saw a glimmer of hope. When they began to worship him, that hope began to grow. And the streets became full of worship. And people were making a confession about who Jesus was and about what they felt that Jesus could do. And let me tell you something. Anytime you begin to worship, the devil doesn't like it. The devil's going to cut up anytime you really worship. Anytime you begin to declare who God is, the devil doesn't like that. When you begin to say, man, God is good. He created all these things. He, everything that's good in my life, he's responsible for it. The devil doesn't like that. He wants you to pump the brakes on that. Anytime you really start to worship, the devil is going to try to stop you. And so some people come to Jesus in the middle of all this praise and thousands of people praising God for the person of Jesus and saying, God has sent us Jesus. He can save us. These people come to Jesus and they say, listen, these guys, you need to quiet them down. Because they're getting kind of rambunctious. They're kind of noisy. They're kind of doing praise the wrong way. You need to tell them to pump the brakes. All right? This is not what they should be doing. And I love what Jesus says in Luke 19.40. He says, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Why did he say that? If, If these people in the streets that you want to be quiet and stop worshiping, or stop worshiping the way they're worshiping, if they stop, the very rocks are going to cry out. So there's going to be some type of imbalance in nature if the people don't give glory to God. If the people don't give glory to God, something is going to be out of balance. Even on a fundamental level on the earth, something is out of place. In your world, in your life, when you don't worship... Something is out of balance. Something is out of place. Things will always be out of whack. There's something out of balance that comes into balance when we worship. When we don't praise the king, the kingdom doesn't function properly. Right? He created the universe and he created the world and he created life. And then when we don't give glory back to him, something doesn't work right. 
Something doesn't work right. And so worship brings balance. Look at somebody say, worship brings balance. And, and let me tell you, so the more that we worship, the more things in our life begin to fit in its proper place. And the things in our family begin to fit into place. And the things around us begin to fit into place when we fill our lives with worship. Worship is just that powerful. It brings things back into focus. So if you find that your life is starting to get off track, worship, right? If you feel like you're starting to get overwhelmed with the stuff that's on your plate right now, worship, right? You feeling stressed out? It's time to worship. You feel like you're at the end of yourself. You don't have any more good ideas. You don't have any way that you can think of to escape the current predicament you're in. Worship. There's something powerful about worship. Even late in the midnight hour, Paul and Silas had this same revelation. They said, we're going to worship even in the middle of being in an oppressive situation, in the middle of a jail cell. We're going to worship and God is going to shift something. So, worshiping the king brings everything back into order. So we look to the king. We look to the king. Look, your king is coming. Our life is out of balance when we don't look to the king. It's like Peter. When he didn't look at Jesus, he began to sink into his circumstances. When he looked at the king, everything, he was walking on the water. He was doing the miraculous. He was above the problems, above the circumstances, above things that were going on in that moment. Something will always be out of balance when there's no worship. Things will not find true balance in your life when there's not enough worship. And even nature responds to worship. He said, if these people stay quiet, these people in this area... Right now, it's important that they worship or else nature itself will be out of balance. I want to suggest to you something that if the whole earth were to actually worship, it would eliminate natural disasters. So instead of hurricanes, instead of earthquakes, instead of tidal waves, worship. The power of worship, because worship brings things back into order, the creation was designed to respond to glory of God. The creation was designed to respond to people giving God the honor and the respect that he's due. And when we don't respect God, things get out of balance. Things get out of place. And even nature begins to say, ah, Something's out of whack. Ah, something's out of balance. Ah, and it's not necessarily God's judgment. It's just the creation being out of balance because we put it out of balance when we didn't worship. And you might say, oh, wow, that's a crazy big statement for you to say, oh, there's not going to be any natural disasters. But think about it for a second. If everybody on the earth were to begin to worship and honor God or honor God with their life, Honor God with the declaration of their mouth, right? Begin to respect him with their life. Things would come back into order. And that's actually what's prophesied in 2 Chronicles 7.14. Listen to this. It's prophesied in the Bible. It says, if my people... This is, this is what has to happen for things to come back to order, back into balance. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, right? 
get humble, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins. That's awesome. But he doesn't stop there. He said, and I will heal their land. It's so powerful to think what God wants to do in and through us and around us when we begin to make him the center and we look to the king. So when we give God the proper respect and honor, the Bible calls it glory, right? Respect and honor and worship, right? Things come into balance, not just in our personal life. Not just in our family life, but like something actually nature responds. The very nature. So on an elemental level, your life is going to respond to the worship and the honor and the respect of God. So we look to the king. The more we look to the king, the more the kingdom comes. Jesus said, you don't even realize it. The kingdom of God is, is near. Kingdom of God is near for those that understand it. You can begin to walk in that today. Some people, they allow their life to get full of worship. They they make their life full of worship. And what happens? They experience a piece of heaven on earth. It's a heavenly experience, right? We begin to experience a taste of heaven. We fill our lives with worship. What happens when we fill our life with garbage? And it's hell on earth, right? You've met some people. You had some family. Maybe you some, some friends. Maybe it was you. Your life was a living hell. Your heart was broken. You felt alone. You felt like everybody was against you. What did you fill your life with? But something comes back into balance. Something comes back into order when we worship. When we look to the king. And this is awesome. This is actually God's plan. <laughs> so we heard prophetically what can happen, how God can heal our land. Well, Philippians 2, 9 says, Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him, Jesus, the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The whole earth, one day, is going to be full again of the glory of God. They're going to lift up the name of Jesus and fill the earth with the glory of God, and every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess, not just in heaven, Not just on earth. The people that didn't make it to heaven, guys. I don't know if you believe in hell or not. The people under the earth. That's what that means. Everybody is going to have to at the very least acknowledge. I don't want to say it. But Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the king. While I was alive, I was an atheist. But I have to just admit now with everything that I've seen that... There is a God and he deserves the glory and Jesus is the king of kings. And so one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. They'll have to admit or acknowledge there'll be a baseline of respect across the whole earth. 
and the whole of heaven and even under the earth an acknowledgement Jesus is Lord. And then you know what it says really cool about the last days. It says then there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Guess what? An earth with no natural disasters, with no sin, with no sadness, with no sorrow, the way that it was originally designed in the Garden of Eden. There's something powerful and transformative and revolutionary about worship. It's not revolutionary to the beginning design, but it's revolutionary to what's going on right now in our culture. That the earth be full of worship. That the earth be full of his glory. And that we look to the king. Come on, say this with me. Praise is a game changer. Praise is a game changer. changer. And I love how scripture talks about praise. It says, God rides on the praises of his people. I think of God like, man, he's surfing or something on the praise Like whenever we begin to praise, man, he's riding on the top of that praise. It also says that he's enthroned in the praise. He pulls up a chair and says, "Woo! let me get in the middle of what you're doing right now because I like the way your worship sounds. I like how it's putting me in the right place. And now I'm going to put things in the right place in your life. He pulls up a chair. He pulls up his throne in the middle of our praise. When we put him in his proper place, then he puts our life back in with proper place. (laughs) And so praise is this game changer. And so it's important that we look to the king. And the thing about a king is when there's a king, you have to either agree with the king or not agree with the king. Right. You have to submit to the king or throw your allegiance to that king or not. It's either your king or not your king. You say either, I want you to be my king. You're my king. Or you say, no, I don't want you to be my king. I'm doing something else. Our allegiance as Christians is to the king. So we're not looking to man to save us or man to tell us what to do or how to live. I'm looking to the king. I'm looking to my leader to tell me where to go. How to live, what the plan is, how to succeed. I'm looking to my Lord, right? He's the one that I'm looking to for saving. So no matter what is going on in our world, I look to the king. As, as, as believers, whatever's going on, as crazy as it gets, even more so, we got to look to the king. 2,000 years ago, The people of God, the Israelites, needed someone to save them. And that's really the essence of what Hosanna means. It means save us. Save us. Hosanna means save us. Right? And so they're saying, Hosanna in the highest. Glory to him who comes in the name of the Lord. This is God's glory when we recognize Christ. This is God's glory when we recognize our Savior. This is us giving God glory when we recognize the King and look to Him. So 2,000 years ago, the Israelites needed someone to save them. And today, humanity still needs saving. 
They still need a king. A king above every other king. A king above every president. A king above every man that makes big decisions. Every woman that makes big decisions that is flawed. That may try to do the right thing but oftentimes does the wrong thing. We still need a king. Hosanna is saying save us now. And God's power through the person of Jesus is available right now. Our king has the power to save. On this Sunday, 2,000 years ago, Jerusalem saw this man, this true king, this Messiah that could save them now. Son of David. I don't know if you know, David was this prototype hero, savior, right? Messiah figure, right? Wasn't the Messiah, but a Messiah, right? In the middle of all this persecution and the domination of the Philistines, Here comes David. Now they say, son of David. The glory of God is on this man. He could be our king. Isn't that incredible? We have the choice to make him the king of our life. Or not. Because some people, although most people in that moment were saying, Hosanna in the highest. They said some people were confused. Other people were angry. So while it felt like everybody was excited about the prospect of Jesus, not everybody was ready to accept him. When I lift up the name of Jesus, I'm lifting up the name and the king that can save now. And when we look at the problems in our world and what's going on in the Ukraine and Russia and Cuba and Haiti, we can look and say, man, we need a king. A king above every king, right? The king of kings to bring salvation. And on a personal level, God knows exactly what you need. And he has already supplied the power and the person that you need in the person of Jesus Christ. And he excels in saving from each and every type of issue. He knows how, whether it's personal, whether it's political, whether it's relational, whether it's career-wise, whether it's economic, Jesus knows how to save. He knows how to save. So we look to him. I look to him. What is he doing today? Because the question is not, what would Jesus do? The question is actually, what is Jesus doing? Because I want to know what Jesus is doing in this moment so I can line up with what he's doing and follow his lead. What is Jesus doing? What is my king doing so I can get on board with it? I want to look to the king. In him, I see the perfect example of faith. I I see the perfect example of manhood. I'm always telling our men. I said, man, he's the perfect man. I want to be just like Jesus. I want to keep on pushing myself, right? He's the perfect human being. He's the perfect parent. He's the perfect friend. In him, I see the perfect example of what it is to be godly. So we look to our king. King was oftentimes a powerful person, a person that had a particular stature, head and shoulders above everybody else. So you saw this person, they looked regal, and they stood out in the crowd, even if there's a bunch of people that said, that's the king. Look at what they wear, look at their stature, look at how tall they are, that's the king. And I want to tell you, in the spirit 
And today, it's still that way. In the middle of all kinds of crazy ideas and philosophies and religions and scientific theories, Jesus still stands head and shoulders above the rest. He still sets himself apart. It's still easy to spot him in the crowd and say, look, it's Jesus, the King of Kings. And whether you like him or not, whether you accept him or not, you can still spot him in the crowd and say, I want that. I want that king to be my king. And so there's also this thing that happened 2,000 years ago where they, they took off their garments. I don't know if I can take my jacket. They took off their garments and they threw it down for Jesus to ride upon. With his donkey, right? So people were taking off clothes and clo- uh, cloaks and scarves and jackets and whatnot, putting on the street. And Jesus walks with the donkey over that. And I thought about in the same way, what about us and our pride and our preconceived ideas and our dreams and our ambitions? Are we willing to lay them down? And allow Jesus to walk over those things and be Lord over those things and be the authority over those things. I want to tell you, unfortunately, sometimes. We hold this so dearly. We don't know if we want to lay. Everything down. There's a couple of things that sometimes we might hold back. You say, well, there's a couple of things and that I make feel, me speci- make feel me special or make me unique. I'm not ready to lay down this. or Maybe I haven't laid down my ego. Maybe this way of thinking, I, I don't see that it necessarily violates or contradicts. So I don't think I need to lay this down. And so, whether it's because it's so nice or so important or so, maybe we don't want to get vulnerable with God. And taking off that garment would make us feel vulnerable before God. I don't know if I want to get that real. But these people, they tossed down their garment and said, we want you to be king. Over all of this. And I think this is the problem sometimes with us as people. As people. We don't want to lay down our right to rule our own life. You see, he can't be the king if you're still the king of your life. We don't... We don't, we don't think about that. You see, he can't lead and we lead at the same time. You see, I have to release, relinquish my right to rule my own life if I want him to be king of my life. And so maybe that's a revelation to some people today that you said, man, I I thought that he could be the king and me also still be the king and we could just do this thing together. And God wants to bless you with all kinds of things. He wants to bless your life. But first, got to lay your life down. 
You see, he wants to be the pilot. You could be the co-pilot, but he wants to be the, the main pilot. He wants to be the captain. You could be the first mate. And that's uncomfortable, isn't it? To say, Jesus, I'm willing to lay down my right to rule my own life. And I want you to be king. I'm going to put it down so that you can be over it as an authority. I want you to be the authority. I want you to be the king of my life. We have a king that will take all we have, all we throw down, and give us something back infinitely greater. God wants to take whatever you have, whatever it is that you're holding dear, whatever it is that you think makes you so special, put it down, and what God is going to give you is infinitely more. But you have to lay down your right to rule. And we have to have this type of spirit like Joshua did in Joshua 25, 15. He said, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> and the backstory of that was, if you don't know, Joshua was about to... Because a lot of times people don't know this, right? They, they, they like to put this nice little thing and hang it up in their house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 25, 24, 15. Sounds nice. Has a nice ring to it. But, G, but, but Joshua, actually, this is what was happening. He was about to die. And he called all the leaders of Israel to him. And he said, look, I know you guys still have idols in your house. I know you guys are secretly still into idolatry. And some of you guys, maybe not so much secretively into idolatry, said you need to burn that stuff up. You need to lay that stuff down at the feet of the true king. You need to choose this day who you're going to serve. It might be Baal. It might be Jesus. It might be the culture of this world. It might be celebrities that you're following. Maybe people that you propped up on a pedestal. Money. Maybe a job. Maybe a career. Or Jesus. And he said, but as for me and my house, we've already made our mind up. He's going to be our king. God is going to be our king. Jesus is going to be our king. So we understand the backdrop. <laughs> we understand the backdrop of having this purpose, this thought process. And although it's an uncomfortable concept of laying things that are precious to us, ideas that are precious to us, and saying, Jesus, I want you to really be the king. I want to get real, 100%. And Jesus, it says he stands at the door knocking. Jesus doesn't kick the door in. Say, hey, I'm your king. Do it now. Says so he stands at the door knocking. Jesus wants a relationship. 
He wants us to ask him in, to let him in to our lives and say, Jesus, I've tried to rule my own life and I keep falling into sin and I keep falling into shortcomings, failures, the wrong choices. Jesus, I want you to be the king. I want you to lead me. You bow your heads with me today. I wonder if there's some things today that you need to lay down. I don't know what it is. You know what it is, though. Maybe there's something that you you held back. There's a garment that you didn't lay down for Jesus to ride on, for Jesus to be over. Jesus is not here to trample on your stuff. No, Jesus wants to be Lord. Jesus wants to be the king. Not to make you less, but to make you more. The Bible says that if we follow him and he's our king, that we'll rule and reign with him. I don't know about you, but I would rather rule with him in heaven. then rule my small little kingdom here. A flawed kingdom on the earth. And so we surrender. God, I thank you, Father, for what you want to do today. God, I thank you, Lord, that sometimes we hold back. There's an area or two or three. Maybe it's big, maybe it's small, and For whatever reason, we didn't take that garment and throw it down and say, I want you to be king over this area. Maybe it's ego. Maybe it's our ideas. Maybe it's our dreams. Maybe it's our thoughts about who we are, how life is. Are we willing to lay those things down and take a chance on a good God that loves us and wants to give back to us so much more than we've ever given him. God, I thank you, Father, for each and every person here, for the journey that you have each and every person on. God, that you're touching our hearts today and you're illuminating areas, God, that you want to transform in our lives. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're still the God that heals. You're still the God of love. You're still the God of compassion. But you're also the God of justice that wants to make things right. You want to make us right so that we can spend eternity with you. That's your heart. That's your desire. Your love is extravagant. And you went to the cross and died just so you could have us back in your life. As a people, as mankind, we sinned, we fell away, we disqualified ourselves from relationship, from being in the family. But you requalified us by laying down your life. What kind of love is that? God, we want to recognize that and say you are the king. And I want you to be my king. Regardless of what we do, he's still the king of kings. But we're saying, Jesus, I want you to be my king. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you say, Pastor, 
there's some things that I haven't let go and I need to let those things go and I want him to be Lord over all Lord over all I want him to be my king not just a king not just somebody that I admire or acknowledge someone that I give full respect and I follow if that's you just slip up your hand I want to pray with you today lift up your hand I want you to pray this prayer with me Jesus I want you to be my king Jesus I want you to be my king I lay down my right to rule my own life I want you to be my captain I'm alright with being second place I realize that I need you in every area, in every way. Jesus, forgive me for the times I held back, for the times I didn't lay down all the stuff I needed to lay down. Jesus, forgive me of my failings and my sins. Jesus, forgive me. Give me a fresh start. I want to follow you as my king. Help me do that. Give me the strength to do that. Show me the areas you want me to change. Show me the areas you want me to lay down. I'm ready to make a step of faith. I'm ready to do it your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God the praise today. Thanks again for listening. If you like this message, make sure to like and share. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, share hope with someone today.